you think there's any credence at all to the idea that Stanley Kubrick does have a thumbprint on some of the stuff we saw that is purported to be the moon landings? I think it's very plausible because there's actually a famous picture. You could probably look it up. Kubrick, Clark, and Mueller. Mueller was the head of um, NASA at the time. So they're together and they actually called where Kubrick was filming 2001 NASA East. Go to the far left. That's Clark, Kubrick, and that guy on the far right is Mueller, who's the head of NASA. What are they doing together? Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thank you so very much for tuning in. And thanks too for subscribing to our channel on Rumble. We really do appreciate the support. That was my friend William Ramsey, a brilliant investigator and author. And I think you're going to enjoy this conversation about the children of the beast and so much more. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the SGT Report podcast. You can get exclusive content every single day for free at sgtreport.com, sgtreport.tv, and of course, the podcast via iTunes, Podbean, and your favorite podcast platforms. Guys, Noble Gold's CEO, Colin Plume, thinks quantitative tightening is setting up the stage for a gold rally. In his interview with the National Desk, Plume said that tightening is pushing the dollar up. However, he predicts that by next year, the Fed will print money again to restart economic activity. If you're thinking of gold and silver right now, Noble Gold is giving a free gold American Eagle coin with every eligible IRA or 401k. Noble Gold specializes in storing the value of your wealth through gold IRAs, so they're the natural choice. You can't go wrong with gold, and you can't go wrong with Noble Gold. Call them right now at 877-646-5347. Or to find out more, just visit noblegoldinvestments.com. Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning in. It's fantastic to have you back. I say it every time because it's true. And today we're going to explore the occult, the impact that Aleister Crowley has had on our culture, our modern culture today. That guy's been dead a long time and he still impacts our culture. In fact, his doctrine is alive and well, sadly, and it's practiced amongst many of our elite. I have investigative journalist and author William Ramsey on. His website is williamramseyinvestigates.com. I'm super excited to have this conversation. William, welcome. Oh, great to be with you. I'm a huge fan, so it's uh, really a delight and honor to uh, talk with you. Oh, the pleasure is all mine, and uh, I want to pay it forward by saying that I listened to an interview with you and my friend Justin Fowl, and it was regarding your book, Children of the Beast, Aleister Crowley's Shadow Over Humanity. I'll scroll down, guys. Here are the books, incredibly powerful, effective books and research done by William Ramsey. So my hat's off to you first about that interview with Justin Fowl. You guys were totally in sync. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't talked to him in a while, but yeah, I remember that one. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Children of the Beast, Aleister Crowley's shadow over humanity. Our modern culture has been impacted by people who have embraced Crowley's doctrines and they continue to. In fact, I think there's been an explosion in the past 10, 20, 30 years. He's more popular than ever, isn't he? I would say so. I think that uh, people are still interested in him. It's still uh, talked about in culture, Hollywood, many movies, definitely 9-11, in my opinion, was influenced by, in part, his philosophy. And uh, I think the numerology of 9-11 fits into that. And uh, there are celebrities you see uh, around today, Johnny Depp, who 
is a big fan of some uh, hardcore followers of Crowley, like Damian Eccles. Still around, still important, still important to understand. Talk a little bit about Damian Eccles. I know a little bit about that, and I know that some Hollywood elites, including Johnny Depp, have rallied for the, I guess, release or, I guess... Exoneration? Yeah. So what is the deal with Damian Eccles, who clearly is guilty of murder, in my opinion? Yeah, he's still guilty. I mean, objective fact, he's guilty at law of uh, the crime of killing three eight-year-old boys back in 1993. He's actually strangely been found guilty twice because he was found guilty in 1994 and then pled guilty again in 2011 to get out of jail after a large... A group of people, which included a lot of Hollywood celebrities, Eddie Vedder, Margaret Choi, Johnny Depp, Peter Jackson, uh, Henry Rollins, all supported his release and claimed that he was innocent and and convicted of a crime he didn't commit. My book, Abomination, I think, uh, is the counterpoints to that, that he actually was involved in the crime. And he is an occultist and an admirer of Aleister Crowley. And I think that's uh, readily evident in his own statements and writings. And so as probably somebody who's kind of carrying on the Crowley tradition, actually, it was featured in the most recent uh, series of uh, Stranger Things episodes as a character in that, too. So um, and also you see Crowley's numerology in Stranger Things. The girl's name is 11 L. And uh, so that's just one aspect of of Crowley that's still kind of present, even though he died in 1947. Yeah, I have a bad picture here, too, of the uh, Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's cover. But right up here in the left-hand corner is Aleister Crowley. So he's been alive in Hollywood, in the music culture, and uh, thriving for, well, throughout his lifetime. And now I think people like Johnny Depp and others still seem to hold this person in high esteem. But maybe that shouldn't be a surprise, because in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Johnny Depp, playing Hunter S. Thompson, happily consumed, you know where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. The adrenochrome. So there seems to be a theme here with so many of these people. They like to essentially showcase what they do behind the scenes in secret in the movies and in the media. This is true. And Crowley himself would be proud to let you know that he did consume blood, human blood, human excretions. He was proud of it. You can talk about the cakes of light. Uh, so he was definitely a, a blood drinker. And some of these people are carrying on that tradition. He's rumored actually to be Sergeant Pepper in the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, because they sing right at the beginning. Uh, it's 20 years ago today, Sergeant Pepper taught the band to play, and that's when Curly died, is what, 47? So I think the album came out in 67 or 68. So, um, and, and also they attribute a lot of their success, or at least Paul or Fall does, to magic, as Curly would spell it M A G I C K, uh, K being the 11th letter of the alphabet. So, and you, I include a lot of that information, that secret information. They actually, there's pictures of them making uh, magical hand signs that are consistent with what Crowley would know as a member of the Golden Dawn, kind of an elite post-Masonic magical fraternity he was involved in. So there's a lot of that uh, magical knowledge that permeates the Beatles, the most famous uh, music band in history, probably. Yeah. Well, what do you make of this cover? Why is Aleister Crowley on this cover? And did the Beatles delve into some of his teachings like Led Zeppelin did? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, they've made statements. And actually, right before he died, um, John Lennon said that, you know, our whole band was about doing what you want or doing what you will. He said that in a written uh, Playboy interview. So 
you can read that in Children of the Beast as well. So I think that they had that kind of druggy, um, free kind of um, that drug kind of culture that Crowley would be proud about. You mentioned before I hit record too that uh, Crowley would be very proud of this neo-feudalistic move that the World Economic Forum is making that Bill Gates seeks. That uh, now I wanted to ask you too about King Charles. Are you kidding me? If we didn't have our hands full with the queen, now we've got this king who's in the pocket of the World Economic Forum. I mean, he's cheerleading all of this stuff. And in fact, he is the man behind the Great Reset. A lot of people will point to Klaus Schwab. It's actually King Charles who's been promoting all of this stuff. So I think it's going to only get fast tracked even quicker now with King Charles. What do you make of that? King Charles III, I think so. I think that really uh, Schwab and Kissinger are really front men. Schwab is kind of a Kissinger acolyte, but I think they're front men for these old line, bloodline type families of which Charles III is uh, one of them. And now Charles III, but his dad famously said for people who haven't heard that he wanted to be reincarnated as a uh, genocidal virus. I don't remember the exact statement. So I think that uh, him ascending to the throne uh, is very ominous. Well, we're hearing a lot about September 24th. I should play a soundbite for you if you haven't heard it. Um, have you actually heard that? It's a soundbite coming from uh, one of these politicians in the EU warning about the 24th of September and that everybody will remember where they were on the 24th, which is causing the internet quite a stir as people wonder what that means. Is this another false flag? Is it a collapse? The Vatican's calling all their money home by September 30th. What the heck is going on in September? I don't know. But I can say that uh, we're in a difficult situation. I think that uh, there's going to be a flood of injuries that we're going to find about from this shot that was given out uh, all over the world. And I think that's really a tsunami of death and injury that people are going to be shocked when they see the totality of it. So maybe have something to do with that. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen the 24th. I only have heard rumors. So what do you think is going to happen? Well, if I can find that soundbite, it's only fair that I play it and everybody can speculate along with us. The question is, where did I put it? I think it's coming up. You think you're going to... But you talked about Crowley's, uh, Crowley's sense of, of neo-feudalism. You have to remember about Crowley is he never worked in his life. He was a beneficiary of a very sizable inheritance and was really from a class-conscious uh, older kind of UK environment, probably something that the King Charles III would be proud about. But he really thought that um, there was no problem with the feudal system. He had his ideal system, and Crowley, who was a magician, also had kind of a political impact, uh, desire to implement his ideas politically. He believed that the ideal state was a feudal state. And he, he flat out says that in his writings. So, um, Here's, I can quote him right here. This is for his commentary on his book of the law. He says, we should have no compunction in utilizing the natural qualities of the bulk of mankind. We do not insist on trying to train sheep to hunt foxes or lecture on no, history. Ever. We look after their physical well-being and enjoy their wool and mutton. In this way, we shall have a contented class of slaves who accept the conditions of existence as they really are and enjoy life with the quiet wisdom of the cattle. Well, this is the promise of United Nations Agenda 2030. It's to rewind time, to rewind our ability to have energy back to the 16th century, 17th century. I mean, they literally want to turn off all our forms of power so that we are 
in a feudalist system, once again, living under the thumbprint of these people in perpetuity forever, complete human serfdom forever. And I can't wake up my friends, neighbors and colleagues fast enough, William. Yeah, it's a shame. I don't I don't think people see what's coming, but they're rolling it out globally. It's definitely trying to put this new system forever. And, and it'll be, I think it really plays in. I think that Kubrick was really trying to warn us in Eyes Wide Shut about these kind of uh, familial elites. They're what they really do in their time and how they think a lot differently from us. I think that the Eyes Wide Shut was a warning in 1999. I think that movie is quite priceless, actually. Every time I catch it, I'll end up watching the entire thing again. Uh, I think Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise's performance in that is fantastic. And I think Stanley Kubrick was definitely giving us, and there's rumors, by the way, that there was another 20, 22 minutes of that movie, a director's cut that never saw the light of day because, well, I don't know what happened to Stanley. Maybe he died of natural causes, but he died right before I think the movie was released. Correct. I think it was six days before release was when he passed away. Very suspiciously kind of us suddenly died but uh i do think he was trying to show the class consciousness of these elites who rule over this their kind of lackey who's played by uh cruz as bill halford and then bill is a doctor and he kind of throws his money around against people in the lower class but i think what what kubrick is trying to say is that there is an elite class that can suicide people get away from get away with things put things in the in the, in the newspaper and that, that theme pervades the entire thing and also engages in mind control. And that's kind of like one of the subtle themes about the, the whole story is that of the 11 servitors, remember there's 11 is a very important uh, number for Crowley. Uh, that's the do what thou will should be the whole of the law is 11 words, 11 syllables. But uh, there was 11 of these female sex magic uh, people in that uh, ritual right and i think the sub subline one of the themes that he was clever enough super intelligent guy one of the themes that he put into eyes wide shut is his mind control and that nicole kidman's character is actually or was one of those kind of mind control uh, sex slaves but the uh yeah the, i think that that ties in i think it ties in eyes wide shut ties into the ascent of charles iii because i think you're going to see this kind of uh male kind of energy of the elite resurgence and that's really what's behind the world economic forums is these old bloodline families i think was it uh, daniel estelin famously said the new world order is really just the old world order come new so i think he's right yeah well one of the most powerful scenes in this movie obviously this scene that you're seeing right there is powerful just about every scene is powerful because there is an underlying force that i think it was woodrow wilson said Men dare not speak above their breath when speaking in condemnation of it. This is the secret society that's on display here. And the powerful scene towards the end of the movie is when Sidney Pollack says to Tom Cruise's character, do you know who was in that audience last night? Do you know who was there? I could tell you, but I don't think you'd sleep very well tonight. So the people behind those masks are the most powerful people. And these are the people that control the world today. And anybody who discusses that, these people behind the scenes that worship the beast, they say we're conspiracy theorists and such claims are nonsense, William. Right, but they're just covering it up because it's all verifiable fact that there are these secret groups, secret societies, old elites. And that all came out Epstein. I think Epstein was an element of it. It's uh, it, Epstein was their servitor, these types of people's servitor. That's why Epstein gets killed. Maxwell goes to jail. 
but none of the people who used his services have ever been investigated by any government authority. It's really just been the independent media. So I think that this kind of class system, I'm not a Marxist, but there's definitely uh, a hyper elite that kind of can do what that will. Yeah. And that is what the Sidney Pollock character represents, sort of a mid to top level elite above him are even scarier, scarier, more powerful people. And so let's talk a little bit about September 24th. Um, if I can find that soundbite. One of the interesting things about Pollock's character is that he really owns Cruz. He's actually gaslights Cruz at the end. You weren't really there. You don't remember what you said. It's under these pyramidal shaped kind of uh, light posts amongst these old line family uh, painted pictures of the aristocracy. Really fascinating interchange. And you just see the brilliance of Curly too. I mean, the brilliance of Kubrick that he, and even walking in there, you see the rose on the cross symbolism. So he's just showing you, he reveals a lot. There's a lot of elements of the occult in, the, in that film, not just the ritual, but that are in there uh, that he knew. I was, I was surprised a lot. A lot of 77s, which integrates into Crowley's ideas and the uh, Scarlet Woman. So he, he layered that film in just a, just a brilliant way. I just really admire the guy. I mean, in personal life, whatever, but as an artist, it really was first rate. Yeah, and uh, you bring up a good point. Um, the gaslighting going on there with Tom Cruise saying, look, what you think happened? That didn't happen. Like she was alive and well, she was fine. She was driven home. Now, what happened to her after that? I don't know. Girl's a drug addict, right? So Sidney Pollack wants Tom Cruise to believe he wasn't really in any imminent danger there when clearly they wanted him to strip his clothes off and he was going to pay the price with his life until she stepped in. She stepped in and took his place, died, he finds out the next day in the newspaper, and Sidney Pollack says, we didn't do that. She was fine. She was fine when she left. She's just a drug addict, <laughs> like Hunter Biden. Right. There's one set of rules for those type of people. So I think that that's what that film is showing. I think that's really important. All right. So the desperation, I would call it the desperation of those in control. I think they're desperate in that they're losing control of the narratives. People are waking up. People can point to the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari, Bill Gates, and people are ticked. So if they're feeling cornered, if they really are desperate, what could happen yet this month? Here's a European Union politician saying, watch out for September 24th. Liebe Kolleginnen und Kollegen, dieser 24. September 2022 wird uns allen als ein Tag im Gedächtnis bleiben, von dem wir später einmal sagen werden, ich weiß noch genau, wo ich war. Homer, meet the Springfield Preppers. What would you do in the case of an EMP? Electromagnetic pulse. A burst of radiation that knocks out every electrical system in the country. Impending doom. You'll remember where you were on September 24th. Meanwhile, the Vatican is calling all its monies home by September 30th. Do you have any thoughts on that at all as it pertains to the Great Reset? I don't know, but I think that uh, they always have the, they're always talking, even in 9-11, we've got a chance. There's an opportunity for a new world order. So they may structure something. I don't know. I, I, uh, I did include in my book, Prophet of Evil, at the end that they would use this kind of vaccination to, to further their new world order aims. And I think that that's what's going on with this shot, this kind of clot, uh, poison shot, which I 
is really a bioweapon. I wouldn't recommend anybody take that in any way, shape, or form. And there are actually protocols to help you if you have taken it. I would get on those protocols immediately. Yeah, I have doctors on and attorneys that are calling it exactly what you just called it, a bioweapon. And yet, you know, my mom took it and uh, my mother-in-law is excited about the boosters. So you can't get people to wake up. And it's very, very frustrating. Um, Let's talk a little bit about how this idea of radicalism, um, anti-Christian doctrine has seeped its way into our culture at the highest levels. Uh, I don't believe for one minute that Joseph Stalin Biden is a Catholic is a Christian. Not for one minute do I believe he's an actual practicing Christian any more than I believe Hillary Clinton is. I believe Hillary Clinton is quite literally a witch. And she did a 92-page senior thesis when she was at Wellesley College in 1969. And her thesis was about Saul Alinsky's manifesto, Rules for Radicals. The title of her uh, thesis was, There is Only the Fight, an Analysis of the Alinsky Model. In your mind, for the audience who may not understand the big picture, what does that mean? And what does it mean as it pertains to somebody like Hillary Rodham Clinton? Well, who did who did Alinsky dedicate his book Rules for Radicals to, right? Lucifer. Yeah. So I think it's the adversarial view. I think that Hillary Clinton always had the adversarial view. And I mean, there's so many dead bodies around her. It's off the charts. But uh, I was in D.C. from 95 to 98 and was lucky to get out alive. Um, but there was there were killed people all the time. There were murders all the time. It wasn't just Vince Foster. Um, But that view, the anti-Christian view, the cultural anti-Christianity is really vitally important part of the New World Order because that's its ideology. It's not this kind of egalitarian, uh, I'm my brother's keeper view. It's the opposite of that where the slave shall serve is what Crowley would say. Um, And what was a phrase from the Book of the Law. So I think that the elites today are rotten and probably occulted like her. Um, they say little things. Biden, I have in my documentary, Prophet of Evil, Biden talking about the New World Order. So he's definitely on board and was always on board, uh, supposedly as a Catholic. And, you know, God knows what he's doing in China and Ukraine. But uh, a lot of these guys, you know, you can go to D.C. and go to the House of the Temple. You can see the hardcore masonry that's involved all over the place with the obelisk and albert pike so um yeah i I think that you'll you you can talk about the bush family the tomb yale all that stuff uh 9-11 so these people's worldview is not a christian worldview and i think that 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 the influence of some of these secret societies on things that you might not ever really know uh believe such as the school system and the and the, the common culture and taking christianity out of it uh is something that people haven't emphasized or focused on enough so i think that the breakdown of the kind of moral kind of the christian moral code i think is, is going to be a disaster now and, and in the future do you see hope though in the fact that people mama bears parents all over the country are waking up in droves and showing up at school boards saying hey we don't want trans books pushed on our grade children we don't want trans story time in the library we don't want critical race theory being uh, shoved down the throats of our children and as a result biden and his administration is pointing the fingers not at the trans movement not at critical race theory but at the parents who are complaining and calling them domestic terrorists 
In your mind, is that a good sign? Is that a sign of desperation because they are losing control of their narrative and they can't stand it that people are waking up? I think so. I think that what's happened is people have found a way around the demonic corporate media and this this uh, hypno programming television and get real news, either from podcasts like yours or other places. So I think that they're really making decisions, actively making decisions to kind of get out of the beast system. And uh, that's one example is showing up to these school board meetings. But this homeschooling's building up. People are starting to move out of the big cities to try to get back to homesteading. They're thinking about it. Uh, they are making better decisions about their health, which is kind of shrinking the whole pharma uh, health system. That's this kind of Rockefeller health system. They're, they're making uh, decisions with their money, which I think are beneficial. And it all ba it's based on getting good quality, solid information. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this advent of this non-genderism, this gender fluidity would be right in line with Crowley and this kind of Luciferianism, which is like uh, there is the androgynous, the pan-androgyne view of what Crowley would uh would advocate, I think, is, is right in line with what's going on today in this kind of modern, hypersexualized and strangely weird gendering uh, culture that's happening today, which is really didn't exist 15, 20 years ago. It's incredible. Well, it is really shocking in that they're not hiding it anymore. In fact, not only are they not hiding it, they're flaunting it with some of these picks that Biden has made, like the guy who's the head of the nuke program and these other people, right. one of whom they just hired is an overtly explicitly gay man who loves to wear upside down crosses and pentagrams and is clearly a practicing Satanist. So now they're flaunting it. And it's really, really shocking because it's only serving to wake people up. And I guess I'd wonder what your thoughts were on the red speech. Again, I think Crowley would be very proud of Biden and his criminal administration for giving that red speech in which he said that people who want to make America great are truly the problem and the threat to our republic. Right. That was a more that was an incredibly dangerous and provocative speech. It was the soul of the country speech at Independence Hall under this weird gong. And uh, I think it's very telling. I mean, I think you could you could change some of those names, put Jew in there, black. So it's a totalistic speech. And uh I think it's very dangerous. I think people should definitely be aware of what's what's they're saying. And I think after that speech, I think the FBI is now extending its raids on certain uh, of their so-called political enemies, which is dangerous. So I think we're in perilous times. And uh, that was a terrible decision on whoever his handlers. Biden isn't making the decisions, by the way. Um, somebody behind him is he barely can uh, function. But it was a terrible like. Uh, view for people to look at because you could just it's the same kind of nazi imagery it's off the charts so um yeah but the guy who's the guy he wears like the downward pentagram dr dimitri is i think he's the head of hud now he wears like downward facing pentagrams and yeah in the gay environment it's, it's skull and cock crossbones yeah no, another witchcraft yeah they're flaunting it and, uh, you know, it reminds me of the Weather Underground and Bill Ayers. And when you say that speech was actually very frightening because they're basically telling us what's up, what they believe to be true. Does it mean that they're going to take action? Does it mean that they're going to try to round up tens of millions of people as Bill Ayers, when he was in the Weather Underground, said they would try to do when they had to 
train people to accept the new ways of thinking, the new ways of Marxism and communism. Those that would not adhere to the new ways would have to go to the camps. And even some of those, some 20 plus million of those people would have to be extinguished. Those were their words, the weather underground. So here we sit with at least half the population in this country, if not more, I would say more, more than half of the people in this country would actually like to make America great. Are they going to round up 75 million people? I mean, that's they can't. So, I mean, what is the end game here? I really think they're losing control of the narrative. And if they're not allowed to steal another election, which they probably will, it's game over for them, not the people that want to make this country great. Yeah, I actually think there are these uh, Biden and his cohorts and the communists are in a, a majority. They have tried to convince the public that it's 50 50, but I don't believe that. And I think the, the last election was obviously stolen and him even stating in that soul of the nation speech that he got 81 million votes is a total joke. Uh, he got 81 million ballots, but they weren't tied <laughs> right. to actually real living people. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we we don't here's the thing nobody once they stole the election the, the public didn't know how bad it was going to start getting and this is an example of how bad it was was this speech the soul of the nation speech in philadelphia yeah so i would assume i would uh assume that it's only going to get worse that the i wouldn't even call it the doj anymore i mean i can't call it the department of i have to call it something else than what it's called right now but they're not acting like an objective you know, legal system right now. So I, I would expect it to get worse before it gets better. And I think that they have to steal the election to stay in power. So if that's that's what they had to do to 2020, that's what I would expect in 2022. I would anticipate that happening as another fact. Uh, and I think they've been stealing the elections probably and, do and doping, you know, making fake ballots for decades. But I think that this 2020 was really obvious that that's what happened. 100%. Well, and I know that's what happened in Debbie Wasserman Schultz's district back in, I think it was 2016, and she was running against Tim. Can't Tim remember. His... Yeah, Tim thank Oba. you. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it was clear, clear as day that they stole the election down there. I mean, he was leading across the board in every poll, every exit strategy, uh, exit poll. I mean, he was winning. But of course, then she won Debbie Wasserman Schultz. So this is the way they stay in power. And I guess I'd ask you if we could just circle back a little bit to the occult again, I want to ask you about NASA, and maybe we can talk about the occult roots of NASA. So let me do a screen share. I want everybody to see this animation as I load the page. NASA Artemis. We're told that these guys landed men on the moon in 1969, 70, 71 in a tin can safely multiple times. So easy, so simple. They brought a dune buggy, tooled around on the moon, brought everybody back, A-OK. -okay then lost all the technology. We can't go back. It'd be a painful process to rebuild. So now they're talking about NASA's Artemis. This thing is a tens and tens, hundreds of billion dollars boondoggle. Here's the animation for Artemis. Are you starting to feel just a little bit like everything is a lie? I mean, yeah. everything yeah. that yeah. is from officialdom is a lie. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You got the, the pyramid there going through the pyramid. Yeah, the moon, I don't think we landed on the moon at all. So that's fake. But yeah, I mean, I think you can go back through. Uh, Von Braun was a paperclip Nazi. And Jack Parsons was Crowley's. Crowley even said that Parsons was his most important follower. He ran the Agape Lodge in Los Angeles. Uh, 
and you know decided Crowley's him to him to pan when they shot off these rockets. It was Jado Jet assisted takeoff, so what he was involved in. But uh, they called themselves the Suicide Squad. It's actually pretty interesting because Parsons uh, was with two other guys. One is uh, Falcon. I forgot his last name. The other one last name was Molina, and Molina's son married Robert Maxwell's daughter. Oh my! <laughs> you heard God. that? Yeah. No, that's a true story. So one of Robert Maxwell's daughters is like married into the progeny of the beginnings of the NASA system. So, and uh, Jack Parsons died suspiciously in an explosion. But yeah, I mean, that, those are the occult roots. NASA, I mean, some of these founding members are flat out Nazis. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they were, yeah. Von Braun was involved at this place, Penamunde, where they were making rocketry. It was a slave colony. They had all kinds of deaths and uh, horrible stuff happened there. So well, and, that up. and what? They covered it up. They covered oh. it up for him made him an american yeah well and uh on his tombstone i think it's interesting that he left uh, psalm 19 1 the heavens declare the glory of god the firmament showeth his handiwork so i don't know if he's necessarily saying the nature of this thing we live on is slightly different than officialdom but i just i agree with you they definitely did not go to the moon in a tin can in 69 70 71 and the smoking yeah. gun of that is guys like Gene Krantz and others at NASA saying, hey, we lost the telemetry data. Don't know where it is. And even if we could find it, we don't have the machines to play it back. We've destroyed all that technology and it would be a painful process to build it back again. I guess people are supposed to just not remember. And many don't. Young people don't even know which country they're living in. They can't name who's president or puppet president. Uh, I guess they don't know that NASA says we went to the moon in 69, 70, 71. We're just supposed to forget that, I think. Yeah, I think that they've done a good job of creating a feudal state in this country. You have half of the country that cannot, including AOC, that cannot like literally state the three branches of American government. That's scary. She can't. She can't state the what she's talking. She forgot. I think there's a famous, famous video of her like trying to spit them out, but she can't. She's an actress. Literally, they did a casting call for her position. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, she was like one of 5,000 people to show up. And uh, you now there's a whole system behind her and how she uh, got into power. She got it. Well, she uh, she primaried somebody with like less than 20,000 votes, I think. They just must knew they could show up. Yeah. So crazy. Friends, thanks so much for tuning in to SGT Report. This is a good time for a quick word about our sponsor. Guys, Noble Gold's CEO, Colin Plume, thinks quantitative tightening is setting up the stage for a gold rally. In his interview with the National Desk, Plume said that tightening is pushing the dollar up. However, he predicts that by next year, the Fed will print money again to restart economic activity. If you're thinking of gold and silver right now, Noble Gold is giving a free gold American Eagle coin with every eligible IRA or 401k. Don't you think you need to be smarter with your money? You need it to grow, not shrink. Noble Gold specializes in storing the value of your wealth through gold IRAs, so they're the natural choice. You can't go wrong with gold, and you can't go wrong with Noble Gold. Call them right now at 877-646-5347. Or to find out more, just visit noblegoldinvestments.com. Do you have, uh, I'm sure you've looked into the theories. We've talked about Stanley Kubrick. It is sort of a fun theory to bandy about the fact that uh, he was given uh, 
high quality lenses, Zeiss lenses, and some really top, top quality uh, cameras that only NASA had uh, when shooting his film. I believe it was Barry Lyndon because he did all of that with natural lighting, something that had never been done before. And uh, the guy's such a pioneer, but he had a relationship with NASA prior. There's no doubt. Yeah. So do you ever do you think there's any credence at all to the idea that Stanley Kubrick does have a thumbprint on some of the stuff we saw that is purported to be the moon landings? I think it's plausible. I think it's very plausible because there's actually a famous picture. You could probably look it up. Kubrick, Clark and Mueller. Mueller was the head of um, NASA at the time. So they're together and they actually called where Kubrick was filming 2001 nasa east that's a really good book for the benson book but see that picture right there it's right in the center of the screen Here? there he goes right to the left go to the far left that's clark kubrick and that guy on the far right is Mueller, who's the head of nasa what are they doing together i think that's the london studio they called nasa mm -hmm. east so i think the possibility and plausibility of some of those shots being done together is 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 accurate and if if you follow clark Clark was actually one, one of the TV hosts for the moon landing. So if you can, you can actually go back and find the video of Arthur C. Clark announcing the landing on the moon, high degree Mason to Clark, mm. very much a pedophile, kind of some interesting Philly, uh, affinity for uh, ping pong tables. Yeah. They're also themed in uh, Lolita. But yeah, there's some, there's some very suspicious stuff. They both worked together writing 2001, and you can you can understand a lot about Kubrick, Kubrick's film, which is deliberately mysterious by reading Clark's 2001 Space Odyssey, whose monolith, which you can see the monolith in 9-11, it's actually the Hilton uh, Hotel, but the monolith, you want to guess how high the monolith was in 2001 a Space Odyssey? 666 feet. No, 11. Six, what is 11. it? 11 feet. Okay. The number of the number of magic. Oh, I didn't know. Eleven's the number of magic. Correct. So the eleven is a very is like Crowley's prime number. So and you'll see that through the whole common culture. Harry Potter eleven. His wand in Harry Potter's eleven. Tyler Durden. There's a lot of magic actually in and smiley faces in Fight Club, but uh, you'll see that continuity. So Kubrick had to have known some of this. Uh, and I think that's why they did 9-11, right, on 9-11, is to maintain. The first landing on the moon was Apollo 11, right? Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, so I mean, it's all sort of. I wasn't alive, yeah, well, but yeah. I, I wasn't either. But, but uh, so these, these number 11, I think that that's why Krubrick knew these numbers, and that's why he had 11 six magic servitors and eyes wide shut. But yeah, I do think that there's credence to the story that it was faked. Like it was all faked. Like at a certain point, it's almost like that movie Capricorn One. They knew they weren't going to get there. That was their goal. So then they had to kind of like oh. institute a plan B. Yeah. I loved Capricorn One when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, disgraced OJ Simpson is in that. Yes, he did. Yes, he is. That is a phenomenal movie. Yeah. See, they kind of let the cat out of the bag with that movie when I was a kid. Maybe that's why I was skeptical of the moon landings from a young age. Because Capricorn One is they faked it, and then the astronauts are on the run, essentially in the right. desert because they're going to get whacked by the government. Right. right. <laughs> so the 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 rocket blows up on reentry, and they have to kill the, the guys. You can go look at the faces of the astronauts. Uh, those guys, what is it, Armstrong? They oh, yeah. look totally dejected. They do not look like they 
climbed, they achieved one of the greatest feats of all human history. They look like they got uh, taken down and they didn't have a choice. You know, 100%. Like I said, yeah. 100%. They and, and Armstrong never acted like a victor. He just went somewhere in the Midwest and just started drinking heavily. So, yeah. I have to admit, I did not know. I did not realize. Maybe I did at one point. Did not know that Arthur C. Clarke was the author. So it was Arthur C. Clarke right. and well, Kubrick together correct. that worked on it. Oh, that's so that's crazy. Correct. They were in New York City working right as the Twin Towers were being built. And they were together. And what happened was they shared the rights to the book. And Clark says that Kubrick rejected the rights to publish at the same time. He pulled a fast one on him. He rejected the rights to publish the book at the same time as his movie because he wanted his movie to have all the glory. And mm. so 2001 A Space Odyssey wasn't published until a few years after the film. And Clark resented it, but forgave him for it. But they... That's how the whole narrative of 2001 was created, was the working together of a really good science fiction author, Arthur C. Clarke with Cooper. You know, if you go back and watch that movie, and uh, I'm sure you've done so in the past few years, it stands up like it was shot yesterday. The genius behind that film cannot be overstated. It is so visually stunning. And the fact that he somehow in the late 60s, was able to somehow, I would say, channel what a spacecraft with advanced technology and touch screens would look like. It's better, it's better looking than anything, I think, made since. I mean, there, certainly there's modern technology with CGI, but the genius behind that film visually is really difficult to explain. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. There's no question about it just kind of makes me wonder what he was channeling to figure well, out how to Clark, art direct you know, all of that. Clark is a genius too. Clark was the guy who invented the geosynchronous orbit of a satellite. He wrote about that after, you know, in the forties, put a satellite up, make it travel just as fast as the earth is moving. And that's it. Type in Clark geosynchronous satellite. Oh yeah. The NASA press conference. Yeah. They look so miserable. dejected. I yeah, played, the, I played the video before they just, yeah. they really look like, they, their house just got robbed. Yeah. Yes, it does like, take. It's got beat so, up or something. But yeah. So there's a, I mean, I think that it's almost like uh, the faked moon landing is the set piece for 9-11. Like how, how does somebody know they can get away with pulling off 9-11? Well, we pulled off the moon landing, right? Mm. The fake that's, moon landing. that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Well, 9-11, though, I mean, boy, did they cast a spell with 9-11. But yeah. were it not for 9-11 in the research I did after 9-11, trying to explain to myself what I wasn't being explained to appropriately by the mainstream horror media, I went down some rabbit holes that woke me up right quick. And so I really credit 9-11. I mean, the spell that was cast on us led to the deaths of millions of people, Cheney, Rumsfeld, Bush Sr., Bush Jr. They can all wear that, the blood on their sleeves. To the day they meet their maker but that day that spell did not last uh, for many of us anyway the spell was broken and boy did that wake us up big time yeah me too that led to my first book really i've kind of woke up 2004 that sent me like i had to go back and reread everything like how much of the stuff in my history is fake like it's a weird it's kind of coming out of a cult like you had to deprogram yourself from the fake american history all these murders and fake stuff like Oswald and Sirhan Sirhan, all they're all fake. They're all they're all fronts. 
for a larger, deeper agenda. Well, this is very interesting. I think we've only got about 10, 15 minutes left. If you don't mind, I want to ask you about Smiley Face Killers, the work you've done in that area, because it's super captivating. It's very scary when young, otherwise healthy men who maybe have had too much to drink are seen leaving a bar where they had friends there and the walk back home to the dorm or wherever they were living was short, two, three, four, five blocks, maybe less than a mile, and they disappear, only to be found later, usually under a bridge with a smiley face somewhere near the body. I don't know if I'm stating that 100% correctly, but do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's this phenomenon, phenomenon, exactly as you said, that's happening globally, uh, that these young men disappear, they, and then they're gone. Like typically if somebody drowns, bodies float, you can find them. Um, look up Smiley Face Killers on Amazon, you'll see that, or on Vimeo. But uh, the, so that's the phenomenon that was found out by two guys, two independent researchers, Gilbertson and Gannon. Gannon was a police officer in New York. Gilbertson was a criminal, uh, criminal professor of criminology in, I think, Midwest. They kind of came up, they noticed that there's a time, not of just this phenomenon, but the presence of this smiley face symbol, which you can see in the common culture. It's all of this Fight Club, Alan Moore, um, kind of edgy, kind of dance halls, acid house, things like that, use the symbol. But uh, I thought it was an urban myth. I really didn't know. Then I started kind of researching it and actually kind of followed the disappearance and finding of these young men. I, I mean, I probably have seen 10, my chief researcher, Jim Smith, has probably seen 50 cases of them disappearing and being found in water. So they're constantly being found in water. It's really a mystery. Uh, The two cases that I really studied were Joey LeBute out of Columbus, Ohio, and Dakota James in Pittsburgh. But there are hotbeds of this phenomenon in Boston, New York, a little bit in San Francisco through kind of the... Minnesota and Wisconsin, or typically in college towns, but I really list in that documentary about 90 cases. And then my follow-up documentary, I list another 40 or 50. So I, my second documentary was Smiley Face Killers, the Global Slaughter continues. There's a lot of cases in the UK, France, all are through Europe, Spain. Um, so you really got to watch out and be very careful and on your toes. There's a lot of the people are involved in drugs. What's really scary is some of the guys really aren't drinking that much. Uh, it's been alleged that alcohol is involved, but sometimes it's not, but there's definitely the, the initial researchers have found that GHB is involved in some of these cases. So they're clearly being drugged at the bars and a real issue of the motive and why is, why is this happening? And I think some of my, um, Kind of follow-up research may explain it. I mean, I do think that there are some very secret groups out there. And I explained it in my book, Global Death Cult, my most recent book, uh, The Order of Nine Angles, and some other groups that have uh, an animus towards certain people. And it may be part of the whole New World Order movement, actually. Oh, my God. So I didn't realize... I mean, I guess I surmised that maybe these people were being tortured before they died. Uh, who is abducting, torturing, and killing college-aged men in the U.S. and U.K.? What is the significance of that picture on your cover there? Because that's a very frightening picture. It looks like some sort of pipe, a drain pipe going into the mouth, and then they're certainly chained up, and then the smiley face. What inspired that, or what's the significance? It's not from my, that isn't from mine. It was from a video of a a video called Broken, which was done by Nine Inch Nails. And the director's name was 
Peter Christofferson, who I go into in the film, but he's very much into the kind of BDSM movement. And I think that if you look at these cases, I think they're actually tricking the uh, police and the forensics people and torturing these people and drowning them somewhere and then dumping them in water. So they're typically not drowned. They're not, they're placed in water, not drowned in water. And I think that's the big thing. And if you follow this video broken, it actually follows the, what I believe is the fun of the steps in the phenomenon. Somebody's driving around, they see a young man, he gets abducted, he gets tortured and then ritually drowned and then placed. Good God. Yeah, it it's very it, dark. It's very, 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 oh my God. It's very there's dark. A, there's connections to some of these things in very uh, gay bars and uh, BDSM type places. And there, there was one uh, in DC, this guy's name was Arvind Sharma. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he disappeared and was found upriver in the Anacostia River like six days later. Upriver. So he should have been floating downriver. But these there anomalies and oddities in these cases overall are so strange that you can't tie it up to just random events. Some human involvement is happening. Yeah. Um, do you surmise then, and I think uh, I heard you say it, that this is a system, um, this is a group working together. I, I say that maybe because you sort of just said it a minute ago, but also this reminds me of the Hostel series of films. Have you ever seen those? Right. Yeah, uh, no, people have said that to me many times, like Hostel. Like, yeah. I think it, maybe people are getting ideas from films, and I think this might be it. Well, in the Hostel series of films, these uh, young people are abducted, and they are being used as sex slaves and ultimately torture victims by elite that pay for, I guess, the incredibly satanic, quote-unquote, pleasure of murdering people. And uh, yeah, the hostile series of movies, it involves a network that works together to abduct these women and men and bring them to the torture rooms, the torture chambers, literally a dungeon. And it's uh, very disturbing. And by the way, some of the visuals in that movie of the torturers and what they're wearing remind me very much of some of the artwork by the artist that uh, John and Tony Podesta admire and whose art wow. they collect. Yeah, I'll see if I can call that up for you. It's very disturbing. Well, the case that I first studied where I, I heard of the disappearance, he was found in the Scioto River 19 days later, Joey Labute. His disappearance occurred on the same weekend that the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, which is a bodybuilding classic, took place. So was somebody flying into town? Like people have, we've done lots of speculation. Like somebody's flying into town, to do something and then leaves is really kind of the perfect crime, right? Because you're yeah. in town, you go to the crime, and then there's no evidence of you being there. So are these people doing because of this the perfect crime? Are they selecting? And if you really want to have a bad day, you can look into the case of Dakota James. You can read an article about him, really excellent article by a great journalist by Nicole Wisensee Egan, E-G-A-N, about Dakota James. But it's almost like he was selected. He was tested. And they found him and he was he was pre-selected because before he disappeared, he was an excellent swimmer. He was actually the head of his high school swim team found in water. Like this is the opposite of a person who falls in and like can't get out. Dakota James was drinking 
lost his, you know, like somebody GHB'd him or drugged him, came to, called a friend and said, I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going on. The friend came and got him. And then he was around for another six weeks and then he disappeared. So it's almost like he was pre-selected for what he went through. It's just horrifying. It's horrifying. And a lot of these men, they don't, it doesn't seem like they, there's a real correlation between some of these victims and these gay apps like Grinder and something. I've studied some of these killers, Stephen Port. There was another guy who I studied recently that really is in the news. His name is Katunsky out of Michigan, who literally had a dungeon and found the police found a victim in his dungeon outside of uh, Lansing, I believe. But when you study this, there's a very strange things happening in the world. There's very strange underground, dark web, really brutal um, things that I think that are tied into what's known as the Smiley Face Killings. Yeah. I'll tell you, there are certain areas that I just refuse to go any deeper into. And, uh, you know, Pizzagate, Petagate and Comet Ping Pong and Jimmy Seville and Sir Edward Heath said to be responsible for the murders of as many as 16 children, but only after his death. I just I can't go any deeper into those areas because it literally is heart of darkness stuff. And, you know, Archbishop Vagano warned President Trump about the children of darkness. This is very, very real. It's real at the Vatican. It's real within the chambers of power with the Windsors uh, look no further than now King Charles wanting to, and I don't know if he did, but make Jimmy Savile the godfather to his children. Are you kidding me? You just can't make this stuff up. I mean, he's buried no... like a witch buried like a witch at 45 degrees facing East. What? Go look up Jimmy Savile. Yeah. You buried him as a witch. Kidding yeah. me. Yeah. Go type that into the search engine. Jimmy Savile buried at 45 degrees so he could see the rising sun. You've got to be you, kidding me. Nope. And he was a necrophile. Yep. He had free reign into like this hospital where people died. And look yep. up Jim, Jimmy Savile buried at 45 degrees. Look that God, I'd never heard that. So yeah. even in death, they refused to repent. Nope. Never repented. Well, what do you make of this then? As we wrap up the conversation, and we'll play just a little bit. I don't have this queued up. Maybe I'll get lucky here of the astronauts uh, faking like they went to the moon. But what do you make of this? What is behind this anti-human move? Is it just as simple as saying, yes, they're all Luciferians? Because they seem to believe that they hold the keys to knowledge that the rest of us dummies don't have. And we're dumbed down enough to believe that there's one true God and Jesus is his son. And they don't believe that at all. In fact, they believe the opposite. They believe the ultimate rebeller is Lucifer, the father of lies, and they just love him so much. I mean, is that it? Are they just that duped? Are they that misled? Is it the seduction of power? Is it, is it what Jesus was promised by Lucifer when Lucifer showed him the world and said, this can all be yours? And Jesus said, take a walk? I mean, I just don't get it. Yes. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's that. I think we're in the days of Noah. I think we're not sliding into the days of noah i think we're in the days of noah that was foretold by prophecy and you got to really watch out things are dangerous there's very dangerous actors out there this one guy i talked about peter christopher he's a member of the iot the illuminates the thanateros thana is death eros is sex so they think and so was leary by the way who's also an iot member uh which says a lot so um there's very dark actors out there on on a on a journey that's much different like the much different than a christian or a religious uh you know 
worshiping God journey. They're on a much different where they have ordeals and things that they have to do. And you got to really be, be careful these days. Yeah, it's scary. And uh, I guess we'll cap off the conversation by playing this clip. I don't know if you ever saw Astronauts Gone Wild by Bart Sabrell or a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. But uh, in Astronauts Gone Wild, he has uh, Buzz cornered with this footage where Sabrell had received from NASA one tape amongst many that was classified not for public eyes. And that tape showed these guys, they were said to be two days away from Earth on the way to the moon, and they were in near Earth orbit, faking a shot of what they said was the moon from two days away. And so Buzz Aldrin is faced with this information. Maybe it wasn't Buzz, it was one of the three. And the astronaut tells Bart, go take it up with NASA administrators, man. We were just passengers on a ride. That was his defense of what he saw. Just passengers on a ride. So imagine you come back, just passengers on a ride, whether you're Freemasons or not, but you come back to earth. And now these powers that we've talked about are over your head for the rest of your life. What are you going to do? You're going to tell the truth in this presser? Let's listen to these guys. This is their version of the truth. The uh, things that occurred on and about the moon. We will use a number of films and, and slides, which most of you have already seen. And with the intent of, of pointing out some of the things that we observed on the, the spot, which may not be obvious to, to those of you who are, who are uh, looking at them here from the surf- surface of Earth. At any rate, William, I'm coming back to you. So those were the heroes. Uh, they got the heroes welcome in New York City, a ticker tape parade. And uh, those are the men that landed on the moon in a tin can in 69, 70, 71. It was all fiction. It was all fiction. It's incredible. It's incredible to think they put that much time and energy and they hoodwink people for a long time. You, we wouldn't be able to ascertain that without the internet, I think. The internet gave people really the capacity to get all that information to really check it out. Yeah. The internet, that took them by surprise to some degree. I don't think yeah, the did. powers that be thought that they would lose so much control so quickly. I mean, this thing is really unraveled in, well, I like to point back to that uh, Mayan calendar reset. Everybody's talking about 2012 and there would be a shift in consciousness. I don't know, man, maybe that actually happened to some degree. I mean, a shift in consciousness to be able to see these evil people for who they are now, when for all of human history, they've been operating in the shadows and propping themselves up as heroes and politicians to be respected. And now we're finding out who they really are and what they really worship. Uh, What is that shift in consciousness? Isn't that what the apocalypse really means is like it's a great revealing or a great light. People have this like negative term from it, but the apocalypse as an uh, exposure. Yeah, I think so. That's my hope. And so now they're racing towards their great reset, fully supported. In fact, prompted by King Charles III. That's what they want. A great reset where we live as serfs for the rest of humanity, at least those of us who survive. So the choice we have is the great awakening and getting there or going into their great reset. What do you think is going to happen? Loaded question. I don't know. know. It's a great question. (laughs) I I just hope people wake up. I mean, I think you have to see the spiritual element behind human events and the spiritual element behind our current day and hopefully choose God, you know, choose the right path, whatever it takes, because 
I think the Great Reset is a hellscape. It's a dystopian hellscape for everybody. Imagine total control over information. You're eating bugs. You never get ownership. You never get sovereignty. Get rid of human sovereignty. That's what Harari's talking about. You don't get free will. You don't get to make daily decisions. Go look at 1984. It's like 1984 on steroids. Imagine that. Imagine, I mean, we're propagandized enough. Imagine being in the Great Reset like a monster like Harari or Schwab. They're just fronts anyway. They're fronts for the old old money and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right. People have to make a decision and uh, choose the side of light because, as is said in that uh, good book, better to tie a millstone around your neck and be thrown into the depths than hurt one of these little ones. And you and I both know that these people, they really get off on hurting not only we, the people, not only adults with the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine, but they really get off on hurting little ones in dungeons behind closed doors. They yeah, really do. It's dark. It's dark. Very All dark. right. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on today. I have to say that Justin Fowle did a better job interviewing you than I did. If I have the presence of mind to leave a link to that interview, I will do so below. The website, guys, is WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. You can get all the books right over here. That smiley face killers is really disturbing. So for those super of you who disturbing, are yeah. it's super disturbing, but uh, what would you say the name of the movie was? Broken? Uh, Broken, yeah. It's by Nine Inch Nails or Trent Reznor. And it was... Uh, I have featured the director in this film. His name is Peter Christofferson, liked Crowley, okay. owned Crowley art. So there's like a weird Crowley time. Okay. And guys, the newest book here is Global Death Cult. Go grab a copy, support the author. Uh, this guy does incredible work and I really appreciate you. Thanks for your time today, William. My, my pleasure. It's great to be with you. It's an honor to be with you, Sean. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you. The honor's all mine. And again, Justin Fall, you did a bang up job interviewing this guy. You guys are so in sync. Justin is such a smart guy. You're a smart guy and you guys are speaking the same language. Guys, I'll leave the links below. WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com is where to get the books. Thank you one and all for tuning in. First and foremost, William Ramsey, thank you. Thank you. Good all right. Good to be with you. Friends, thanks so much for tuning in. A special thank you to our subscribe stars and our members at sgtreport.tv. Thanks for keeping us in the fight for truth and real news and for real news every single day for free. Check us out at thephaser.com and sgtreport.com. The antidote to corporate propaganda in Mockingbird mainstream media lies. May God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. If you look at social media now, I mean, I used to get my news on Twitter. I don't get it on Twitter anymore because there's nothing there. Um, and you know, the same can be said of other platforms. A lot of the content that people are hungry for, that people have the right to hear, is no longer on these platforms. And I think that, you know, at the beginning, when only conservatives were being um, uh, censored, uh, there was not sort of an uprising and there wasn't the common consensus that I think really all Americans have now that the big tech censorship has completely gotten out of control.